to welcome you to the Hot Ham Sports Podcast, the inaugural episode, which also happens to be the Super Bowl special. My name is Dom, and across from me here is none other than Vin Toscano, the guy who is behind, the brainchild behind the awesome Facebook group that you're all a part of. Vin, how are you doing this morning? Bright and early. I'm doing good. This is very exciting. Uh, Dom is also known as, uh, he'll, he'll be on the page as AKA Dr. Hot Ham. Yeah, yeah, I paid that for That is Dr. Hot Ham. I paid for a a like character thing to be made of of me as a flaming hot ham doctor <laughs> because I wanted to do a persona of an actual I don't even I don't think it was going to be a physician so to speak, but I think just dissecting like surgically dissecting things like as a doctor, but nonetheless Football here we are. Football and the sports yeah, world and exactly. So the, the Facebook group has actually been growing pretty quick and uh yeah, thank, thank you, everybody, who's who's been posting nonstop because it's been great. So far, it's been everything we've envisioned, We're just a sports group talking sports. And I think uh, in the world we live in where there's a bunch of craziness, sports is our exit where we could just have fun with it and escape. That is true. That is a wonderful thing that we have this uh, group here. And listen, if you know anyone in your life that is struggling with addiction, no, um, just uh, <laughs> if you know anyone uh, that isn't a part of this group, uh, be uh, go right ahead oh, and invite yeah. them in because we, we there is a strict vetting process. We make sure that they're not any uh, Russian bots or anything like that, and then we uh, we get you on board, and then everyone can be a part of the conversation. But we got a lot to jump into today. This is the Super Bowl special, right? We're gonna be this all football, time, man. We're gonna be doing all football today. And uh, just full disclosure, Vin, why don't you tell the people about your bias? Uh, well, right it's, it's gonna be tough. I, I'm gonna try and be. Uh... Yeah. Not one-sided, because as everybody knows who knows me, and you've seen on the Facebook group, I am a 49ers fan. Yeah. And, yeah, you made uh, a video that said, I, uh, Derek Jeter's in the Hall of Fame, and I'm yeah, an man, 49ers fan. I don't, I don't understand. Because I feel like every year— I didn't—first of all, time out real quick. I did not watch the video because of what you because said. Because of Derek Jeter? No, because of the the fact that you made a title that said, okay, I'll I'm tell a you 49ers why. fan, and Derek Jeter's in the I'll Hall of Fame. I'll tell you why. Because I feel like every year, when it's the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl— Okay. And we talk about football. We talk. About, there's so much to uncover for the Super Bowl with the matchups every year, regardless if it's the 49ers or not. Okay. There's so much. And growing up as a Mets fan who's heard nothing other than Derek Jeter in this city, now my team is in the Super Bowl. Derek Jeter's oh, been gone I'll for five years. And now I got to hear about Derek Jeter yeah, again in the fucking Yankees. This is so stupid. You know, there's such it's a— It's fine, though. I don't want to talk about Derek Jeter. I don't want to ruin my mood for the Super Bowl preview. Yeah, but you I'm know trying, what? I'm that, trying to enjoy that it. That is the most selfish no, man. thing. I mean, how, no how one cares. How long have you been watching football? Vin, no one cares man, that you're Jeter's a 49ers a fan. Of an asshole, there's man. no one, there's like, there's no one in the tri-state in area that, that cares about the 49ers. That's not true. There's nobody. Okay? That's not true. We got, we got 49ers fans in the group. They're not. Yeah, they are. They're front runners. No, they're not, man. You go to DHL Gate. No, or DH Alibaba, Gate. whatever. DH that, what, what, Gate. DHL is, the, is a moving company or whatever, yeah. right? You go there, you could easily get a jersey Listen, for 10 bucks, and boom, I'm a 49ers fan. They, they're pretty— It's good quality. Yeah. <laughs> Probably—someone probably died along the way. Listen, man. That cheap. I got to do what I got to do to get— And now, are you, a a little con- are you a little concerned now? Because you just said you got your George Kittle jersey. I did. Are you concerned that the coronavirus is on it? No. Why not? 
Well, why would it be? Why wouldn't it be, right? It's George Kittle, man. It's, it doesn't matter who the player is. <laughs> yes, it does. It, it came from the if epicenter was, if it was of this a new Jeter problem. Jersey, I'd be a little worried about it. You think that the disease only Follows. clings to Jeter jerseys or yes. Yankee jerseys? So if you got like yes. an Aaron Judge jersey, well, and I you started wheezing a little jersey. bit, then you would think that I have an Aaron Judge jersey, so and I've been coughing per- ever since. You're a perplexing individual, but let's just jump into this right now. First thing on the uh, on the list of things to talk about is Eli Manning. And Vin, you said you had a very interesting perspective, and we wanted to get into it. So let's unravel what you what you ha- have to say about the man. Okay, so Eli Manning, the man has had a great career. We all know what he's done: the two time Super Bowl winner, two time Super Bowl MVP, knocking off the undefeated Patriots, and he did it in a city that is very hard to do it in. And you've never heard a bad thing about Eli. I think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I think he's deserving. But like I was telling you, Dom, before we recorded, and I don't want this to sound like a knock on Eli because in the 2011 run, the respect that I gained for Eli, again, as a 49ers fan in that NFC Championship game. Oh, my God. Where Eli was just beaten to death. I think at one point the uh, 49ers pulled out billy clubs and actually started hitting him. There, there's one picture. I'm, I'll post it With the, after we record. When he's calling timeout? Yeah, and he's got his <laughs> jersey hanging down to his wrist, and his helmet is, like, yeah. up on his hair. I think he got a cut, like, on his nose from that. Yeah, he was beaten. That was his Y.A. Tittle picture, by the way. Did you ever see that picture? The famous, the most yeah. famous picture of Y.A. Tittle. You would never you would never be able to pick out Y.A. Tittle on a lineup if someone put out a bunch of pictures. But you know the picture of him all, you know, defeated and Destroyed. dead. Destroyed. He looked, also, he looked like he was 59 years old in that picture. <laughs> he might have been. No, I think he was, like, 29 <laughs> So so the thing is with Eli, and this is my opinion, and, and it's not a knock on him. It's really not. It's probably going to be an unpopular opinion. Yeah, He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. But watching his whole career, I didn't feel like I was watching a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Okay. If, if this makes sense. Well, in a sense it does. But you're thinking, you're, you're thinking the last five years, Manning. Like you're, if you look at the – because what they did was they were showing highlight videos, of course, of his career – you know, looking back on the player and what he's all about. I mean, when you look at Eli early on and you looked at how he played and, and you know, the, even the ball that he threw was a whole lot different. His athleticism was much more prevalent. Like, you looked at that and it's a completely different human being. It's a completely different player to Eli throwing those touchdowns uh, with the Dolphin against the Dolphins this year. So it's like, I think you're, you're, you're kind of like pigeonholing yourself into – the fact that you're constantly exposed to Eli, you see him every week, being from New York, well, you get to see him all the time, and like the only thing you ever get to see is bad Eli. Well, yeah, that I understand. Being in New York, everybody wants to focus on the negative. But looking at his stats throughout his career, I mean, this was never a guy to throw for the 5,000-yard season. Well, he almost did. He, for, or, he was short by, what, five yards? Okay, so one And that t- was the so year that he time. said he was elite, okay? So one time. And I mean, also, you have to figure— the 30 touchdowns. Happened, what was it? Twice, three times. Well, he had forty touch over forty touchdowns in on one season. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I listen. Eli has been a great uh, athlete for this city, a great athlete for you Giants fans. He's given you unforgettable memories. One second, too. You, 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 you're again. You're not thinking. You're thinking in the present. No, Eli Manning was playing in an NFC, NFC East. That was the most competitive, maybe in the history of the NFC East. Well, it was a great division. Okay, it was an unbelievable division. But I okay? never, I don't and know. And Peyton Manning, I, it's just Peyton my Manning had an office job. 
basically. Well, he's he playing a in a dome. Much, much like Tom okay. Brady. But, okay, Eli Manning was playing in a, in a fucking tornado in the Meadowlands, <laughs> and Peyton Manning was playing in air conditioning uh, down in Indianapolis. Perfect oh, weather. Okay, perfect weather all the time. Against the Play, shit division. Playing against a bunch of gun, fucking mailmen. Okay, Tom Brady is out there throwing his dick around. No one is good in the, those divisions. They've never been. I'm it's just, amazing. but I'm just saying, like you're, you're, you're. It's, it's almost apples to oranges. You know, the only. I don't know. You know I don't, I don't, I, 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 <laughs> look again. You have your opinions. That's fine. But you have to understand, like the guy. You know, you you always throw it out there that the Giants' defense is the ones that won those Super Bowls. Listen, he came back in the fourth quarter. Each of those Super well, Bowls. Incre- but, 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 but hold on. The defense, the defense did not go out there and win those football games in the fourth quarter. I'm sorry. Eli, Eli is, Manning did. I, cannot, I can't take it away from him. He's very clutch. If, if the 49ers were ever in a game that I watched against the Giants and Eli had the ball with the chance to win the game with under two minutes, mm-hmm. I felt like the Giants were going to win the game. You also have to figure, too, there wasn't, for a long time, Eli didn't have a lot of talent around him. Hakeem Nix quit on the team. Jernell Jernigan was the number one at one point. Odell Victor, became a nut. Victor Cruz, you know, was a spectacular player, but he, you know, passed away, unfortunately. And I'll say this about and, Eli, and too. Is crazy. Eli does, throughout his career, seem to raise the game of people around him. Like uh, Steve Smith, yeah, Steve was, Smith very, yeah. was a very good giant, mm-hmm. and then you never heard from him again. Yeah, Kevin Boss was great, Kevin and then he Boss was went to Oakland, one. and then he was gone. Yeah, for, he, and then he actually just retired. I even think. Shockey. Yeah. Shockey yeah. was great with Eli. He was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl with the Saints, but who really cares about that? Yeah, no one cares about that. Uh, and then it was, he was never really heard from. He elevated Plaxico's game. So that, that's just my take on Eli. And but I, uh, but uh, I do uh, think he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Just in closing, because I think this is also very important, if you look at even bad Eli, right, you know the talent is there, right? There was the, the, the times that he led in interceptions, a lot of the times those receivers – Touch the ball first. And I showed like you the like video. A Richie Cunningham doof kind of. He's thing a doofy. About <laughs> he's a doofy dude. But nonetheless, you can you can't sit there and tell me that there aren't there aren't at least twenty, maybe twenty five plus teams in the NFL that would have loved to have Eli Manning. As oh, I would have taken him. You would have taken him. Like <laughs> I mean, you know, and a lot of people like this is the NFL. Like, it's the ultimate. So I saw some crazy stat. Uh, because I follow a bunch of the 49ers pages on Twitter and That's Facebook. A, no, and, no but I saw a crazy stat about the 49ers since the time Eli was drafted. I think the 49ers went through like 30-something quarterbacks. It's hard to find a quarterback. And Eli was there. So somebody like somebody who was born in the late 90s yeah. and started getting into football in the early 2000s. That's correct. Only knows Eli Manning. Eli Manning, yeah. As a giant. <laughs> my, my first, I remember the first quarterback I ever seen as a Giants fan was Kent Graham. Mike Cherry was the other guy, and then it was Kerry Collins. Yeah, right. Then after Kerry Collins came Kurt Warner. Yeah, for Kurt. like a moment, which was strange. <laughs> I mean, and it's it's actually uh, you know it's amazing what he's been able to do. I, I I'm I'm not taking it away from him. He's had a great career, but I just never got that feel with him. And well, it's pretty cool. You that... also have to understand he was in one of the best um, quarterback classes I think ever. It's right? got to I mean, be. If you look one at the last. 15 years of our sporting lives, the quarterbacks that we were had the pleasure of getting to see watch play football is is you can't compare it to any other generation. I mean, because you're looking at other like if you look like the Elway and Marino situation, yeah, you know, that was a those that was it. You know, what, yeah. what was the outlier there? Drew Bledsoe or something? What about like, the <laughs> what about the Sam Donald, Rosen, Baker? What about that draft? I, let me tell you something <laughs> about that. I mean, if <laughs> watching how Baker made, I think I said this to you like uh, a couple weeks ago. I was like. You know, we've had Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli, Drew Brees. I'm going to throw Eli in there because guess what? 
even if he's the worst of all the all those great quarterbacks, they're all he, in the Hall of Fame. Is, <laughs> he is the, the he is so good. You know, if you look at just the grand scheme of things in terms of quarterbacks in the NFL, he's top. He's number seven all time in yardage. Number seven all time in touchdowns. Okay, he never missed a game. Okay, no, in, in, until Ben McAdoo shit the bed with, with his Gino fucking Smith. slick back hair, you know. I'll never forget Mike for just, you're a Tommy Gino yeah. Smith. <laughs> like he was just, the guy was drooling. You know what? You know what's amazing about that? Uh, just real quick, because I, I brought up the names that Sam Donald and Baker. You know what's amazing about that draft? Yeah. Is that the best quarterback went 32nd? Yeah. Lamar <laughs> Jackson was taken 32nd. <laughs> That's a, that's crazy, and he's by far the best of the three of the four. Well, of we got to see how it pans out. You never know what can happen, but I mean, you know, a lot of people like when you look at Eli's stats, they're like, "Well, Ben Roethlisberger missed a season, Tom Brady missed a season, all these guys." Were there. That's not a knock on Eli. Eli was was there. He was able to play, and he sustained, you know, through all that. I mean, you can't fault the guy for not getting hurt. I mean, those guys got hurt. I mean, that's how it works. You can't hold it against him. Well, listen, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame, and and I and I and deservedly I, I so. Don't, I don't because no one Eli. because I I keep asking this question and no one could give me an answer. Why is Kurt Warner in the Hall of Fame? Well, no, there's quarterbacks that no, in no, the no, Hall no, of no, Fame no, that no, but hold on, no, no. I, listen, but you're talking when we when when you do bring that up, you bring up a good point. Because, but but you're also talking about I, I don't know way I, back I, in the past. You know, like why is um. I don't know. Uh, well, I think I think we're going down a a, a, a pigeonhole here because yeah, we the, are. But the, I the do Kurt Warner thing. Yeah, I think opens up the doors to all these other guys that Eli's passed, and and you have to take into account uh, era. No, I know. I get. I get. Well, that's what I was going to say. Era, I think, makes a big uh, a big part of like you know who gets in and whatever because there's guys that weren't like Joe Namath. Joe Namath, right? You know, he's always the name that comes up. But Kurt Warner is not of an any specific era. Okay. No. His stats, when you look at them, they are not substantially great, right? I mean, he did lead the league a couple times, right? But, I mean, there was I, – I look at it, I'm like, why? Why yeah, is he I, in I the Hall know. of Fame? I actually just pulled up his stats. Why is he in the Hall of Fame? He's had – he had probably, I would say, three great seasons mm-hmm. for given the time he played. Now, let's – it was okay, a Okay, yeah, he time, came in late. But I, I – what are you giving I, him a I, fucking? I can see what you're saying. You're putting him in the Hall of Fame because he came from Arena Football and was successful in the NFL. And and he quarterbacked what was the the greatest show on turf at the time. And I guess okay. Yeah, but does the, 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 does Isaac Bruce belong in the Hall of Fame? Well, if it was up to right. me personally, yeah, I think I think I would put Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt, and Marshall Falk in the Hall of Fame before Kurt Warner. I agree with you. But also, just, he played for how many teams? He played for like, like four, five, four or five four teams. Or five I mean, different so the guy's teams. a journeyman. Well, let's see if we, let's, yeah, real quick, let's see if you can name the teams he played on. Kurt Warner played for the Cardinals. He played for the Cardinals. The Rams. The Rams. The Giants. The Giants. Is there one more? No, you, you got it. Oh, so there's <laughs> three teams? Yeah, well, he, he, brought, he, brought, he did bring two different franchises to a Super Bowl. That is true. His that Giant, is true. His Giants... Tenure could be forgotten about because that it's was... so weird because they got him at a pretty young age. He was like twenty eight, I think. No, he was 29? actually was older. He thirty. He was thirty three. Oh, he's thirty three. That's but he still was playing decent. Decent. I mean, the guy went on to go to a Super Bowl. Yeah, right with Maybe the Cardinals. He, yeah, with the, with the Cardinals. So he wasn't too old. But all right, so we're moving on now. Eli Hall of Fame career. Yeah, and, thank and you, congratulations. Eli. Congratulations. And and if someone out there in the Hotham community in the group can try to tell me why, tell us why Kurt Warner's in the Hall of Fame. You know, really give us an actual reason. So the, uh, another thing we want to move on to here is the um, the Aaron Hernandez documentary. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of sports fans, this has been one of the cool. 
I gotta be honest. I'm a big fan of like documentaries and, yeah, and like too. and stuff like Especially that. Especially sports documentaries. I really loved what they did with like I don't know what what you would even call it when they did like those pictures of Aaron Hernandez with the with like the yeah, ghost thing like going effect, on and like yeah, the 3D thing going about. on. It kind of like you ever heard of the Ken Burns effect? Yes. Okay, so that kind of felt like a modern Ken Burns effect that they were doing right there, because you're animating a person who obviously done terrible things is gone. And then you're you're almost like they brought him to life, so to speak. Right. Not with footage, but with Movement by altering the footage that you see that is already out there that they're able to. It almost seemed like there was new footage of him and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool. But what were your thoughts on the uh, on the documentary? Even I, I well, me personally, I thought the documentary was really well put together. Mm-hmm. I like the way they they get. Uh, I thought it was amazing the phone calls they had mm. from the jail, the phone calls and everything. Yeah, I guess and, I guess they record all your calls. And uh, the, see, the only thing I didn't like was, okay, now how do I put it? So the first episode, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm watching it and I'm saying to myself, he, 100%, this this guy did it. He was crazy. Yeah. He was a murderer. And then the third episode comes and I'm watching it and I'm saying to myself, but how do I know if he ever really pulled the trigger That's true. on these murders? Now, I'm not saying Aaron Hernandez was an angel by any stretch because he had his problems. Yeah. Uh, but... See the double murder, in I don't believe he did that. Okay. But then even the Odin Lloyd one, I'm watching it and I'm saying I'm never gonna know if he actually pulled the trigger because he had these two, I guess flunkies so to speak, who would have done anything he said, and yet listen he had he in the video he had the gun and but we're we're just never gonna know if he actually pulled the trigger on these murders. No, I get what you're saying. I mean that's like uh you know not to go off the sports too much, but that's like the Charlie Manson thing, right? Charlie Manson never killed anybody. Well, he never touched anybody, never did anything. He told people to do it. Right. He still went to jail because he brainwashed these people and stuff like that. So just because like you don't pull the trigger doesn't necessarily mean you're not culpable. Well, that's for what why done. that's why I say I'm not saying he was right in any sense. But I do feel, and, and another thing about these documentaries, and some of them I don't like, and the reason why is because I always feel like a lot of them come out after the person is gone. Yeah. Okay. And there's nobody here to defend them. That's true. Well, also you have to figure that if they did reach out to. The lawyers, I, I think some of his lawyers were there, yeah, some of them on, were on so it. they could speak for him. I'm sure they reached out to the to the fiance or the wife or whatever, and, and I'm sure she declined and stuff like that. Speaking of the fiance, real quick, I saw a picture that was pretty funny. It was uh, her and yeah. and little Bow Wow. Yeah, that's so sad. <laughs> and it said a, little Bow Wow did his thing as Aaron Hernandez's fiance mm. in this documentary. I thought that was hysterical. It is. It is funny. It's also very. It's so um, <laughs> childish. It's so like you know. So I, I felt bad for him. There was one uh, one phone call they showed when he's on the phone with his mother. Yeah. And he's saying to her, I had nobody to talk to. What did you expect? You know, my father just died and my brother was away at school yeah. and you don't even know your own son. It's Listen, it's, it, it, it's heartbreaking. It, it's it's both ends. It really is. It's heartbreaking, but at the same time, He was you a know, psycho. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Listen, you know, I can understand as a human being, you get empathetic when you see people, you know, hurting and stuff like that. So you hear him saying, like, I didn't have anybody, this, that, and the third. But at the same time, he fucking, he killed he killed that guy. You think he killed him? Uh, he was found guilty. He killed him. He fucking killed him. I think if he had that, the second lawyer, was his name Baez? Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think if he had him for, for both trials, I think that guy might have got him off. It's 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 possible. Because but that guy, Alexander Bradley, was very convincing in the first trial. <laughs> And then that guy Baez made him look like he was just, he was a complete liar. That's true. That is true. But you know what? Yeah. 
a lot of that is lawyering and stuff like that. And you would figure, um, you know, you have all this money that you get from being a professional right. athlete, you would get the best attorneys and stuff like that. But neither here nor there, you know, it, I, I don't, I don't like that. I liked the documentary. I thought it was really well done and I thought it was fantastic, but I felt like they were just putting out so many of these excuses for Aaron Hernandez and what he did. Yeah, I, I you know? see that. I mean, of course, at the end, they were like, there's no excuse for what he did, but they're throwing the homosexuality thing out there. That Which game, I don't think is true. That he was a homosexual? I don't believe that. You don't know. You don't know. Well, I mean, it's you, all, I mean it, it's all, I guess, you could believe it, I can. You know what I, I don't mean? know. It's, I mean, it's it, very... I mean, there's also, you know, people talk about the gay panic defense and all that stuff. Like, I think they would have used that if they're trying to get him off. <laughs> okay. I got to say one thing. This is not a homophobic comment, or but that guy on the Patriots, yeah. he served no purpose in that documentary other than to say he was gay. Well, wasn't he a teammate of his? And I think what he was doing was because he's out, I think he was trying to give a perspective of what, because what they're doing is they were trying to frame it like, listen, this is a guy who is in the ultimate masculine, you know, uh, field. Yeah, you know, but so Tom, speak. he was just like, oh, wait a minute. I'm, I think I'm what, gay and no, I got no, no. fat. What, and... what they were trying to explain was, the struggle of a homosexual in the NFL. Does that lead you to murder because, people? Well, wait a minute. I don't think I don't think it leads you to murder people. No, I'm not trying to. I'm not. I think what they were trying to do was if they had just said, like in the beginning, you know, Aaron Hernandez was maybe struggling with his sexuality as a homosexual, right? Then like the audience would just be like, okay, you know. But if you paint a picture, if you're saying like, listen, he hid it all throughout high school because it was like embarrassing to him. And to his family, you know, his father was homophobic or whatnot. You know, in the NFL, there's homophobia rampant in there. You cannot be yourself. That, And I think what they were trying to do is just show that to you it might not be a big deal. Like, I don't care if someone's gay. You probably don't care if someone's gay. I don't gay, care. Right? But they're trying to explain that in the NFL, in the culture of the NFL, that apparently it's just so ostracized. Like, this is the man. The man was trying to put a light on the struggle of being a homosexual in the NFL, well, and that, the then that example. it could have been that could have been also what Aaron Hernandez was going through. So I think that I understand that like it did seem like why are we hearing from this guy, you know? And like, but you get you understand that that guy struggled, thought about killing himself, was on the end of a fucking rope, right? And then came out to his parents and they loved him for it. And like that uh, was the it was, it, it, was a, it felt great, you know? It was a feel good twist on something that could have been tragic so i think what they were showing was here on one side if it contributed to the behavior of aaron hernandez this is how bad it could get people end up you know becoming a criminal and then on the other side this is a guy who struggled with it and then all of a sudden look at him he's successful he's happy and he's with his well, um i think the family. perfect example of the uh the, the um homophobia that that goes throughout the city uh the city i'm sorry the nfl is um michael sam yeah and I thought that kid was going to be a good football player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was so he was a, a unanimous All-American, yeah. a defensive player of the year. He was a first-team All-SEC, uh, and he just never got his chance because why? Because he came out that he was gay. Yeah, that, that's see, it, that's a kid who you never know what could have been. That's true. And then you then you see a situation where, um, you know, here's someone that was in the NFL, was successful in the NFL, and had a terrible life because he couldn't be himself. Yeah, and you know what else is amazing? Mm-hmm. And we've learned more about it now is, did you see the pictures that they showed of his brain? Yeah, I could not believe normal, that. That, uh, that, was, that was crazy. Again, no excuse for you know taking human life and being a murderer and all that stuff and felonious and all but that. But that's CTE shit, man. That's, that's it's, pretty it's wild terrifying. what it does to your brain. When they showed the pictures and they were showing how basically the ends of your brain become like almost like a rock. 
that and like they were showing like a part of his brain like this is normal and it was like like a nice like full full thing and then here's a cave like yeah. going right through. I mean that's just incredible. I mean, that's got to mess with you. Well, I mean, a lot of people are making the correlation that uh, Antonio Brown has CTE right now. Well, it's because you it's, cannot diagnose it until someone passes away and they can examine the brain. Right, and that was like the if you get a chance, we, I won't talk about it now. But if you get a chance, watch the Junior Seau documentary. Okay, that so was really it. interesting. Well, yeah, that's another person that. But um, the Antonio Brown thing, and a lot of people are uh, blaming Vontez Perfect well, for I his mean, actions if you, now. If you look at that hit that Antonio Brown well, it took was, from Vontez, it was insane. It, it, I mean, if it. It's a it's a miracle it didn't kill him. It's a miracle didn't he didn't die from that. I mean that is such a substantial blow to the head. Do you think that do you think that the CTE has anything to do with Antonio Brown right now? I mean I, th- you could make the core. I mean obviously you can't tell for certain, but you can make the correlation. I mean the guy's behavior is just consistently it's consistently, gone off the wall. It's gotten much much worse. I mean, you know a lot of the times too you think about it like a lot of people, especially nowadays with social media and stuff, they could be saying that. Oh, he's just trying to get attention. He's trying to keep his name in the light, so to speak. No, but this is different. It could be that, though. Honestly, if he's like, because because once you're out of the NFL, no one no one knows who you even are. Yeah, that's true. right. Once you're out of the NFL, you're gone. See, now here's another guy, um, like Odell. He gets okay. a ton of bad publicity, but we've never seen Odell in videos antagonizing cops. And Odell has done stupid things on the field with the the well, peeing he like a that dog. Guy. And yeah, but listen, Dom, you've played football. Yeah. You, you've been in football locker rooms. How many times have you walked past a teammate or a teammate walks past you and you hit him on yeah, the ass? Yeah, but that's, you're not. That's, you're, a, that's a security <laughs> guard in a celebratory locker room. But did you also hear that that security guard threatened to, like, arrest Joe Burrow for smoking a cigar? I don't know. I Listen, I can't. I Well, they're also kids in a college. I yeah, mean, they have to on, follow they the rules. They the national championship. Yeah, but they have to follow the rules. Stop. We, all, we all break the rules at some point. I know, but uh, it's no excuse for you to hit somebody. First of all, you shouldn't have been there. He looked like a fucking guy who peaked in high school and like went back to the high school. Like Al Bundy? Yeah, he looked like Al Bundy going out there, handing out money, screaming at people. Now listen, man, it's like, his alma mater. It, I don't care. I don't care. It's embarrassing. I thought it was embarrassing. I was looking at it, and I was like, thank God this guy's not on the Giants anymore. Yeah, remember? He, he made Dave Gettleman look like a fucking genius he with really how he played did. and how his behavior has become. I mean, the guy, I mean... Obviously, I don't think it's a CTE issue, but um, with the Antonio Brown, it's like if if he does when he does die and he donates his brain to science. Hopefully, he does. All right, if it does happen and they come out and say he had severe CTE, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I just want to. Admit, I I don't mean hopefully he dies. I meant hopefully he. Oh, donates oh yeah, yeah. His hopefully, brain. yeah. I but, don't want that to be yeah. taken as a. I'm wishing death on Antonio Brown mm-hmm. because it's crazy because he was one of my favorite players. I used to, he was. The guy was a, a, a hell of a talent. He yeah. was unstoppable on the football field, and now, I don't know, man. He's just gone crazy. Yeah, it's a shame, and I, and we'll probably never see him in the in the uh, in the NFL again. But enough of that. We got to get into the Super Bowl, Vin. That's what we got to do right now, right? Oh, this is what it's all about. We've been talking about stuff. We've been yammering for a little while about other things. Now it's time to get down to the nitty gritty. We have the Chiefs of Kansas City. Against the 49ers of San Francisco. That's right, we do. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's and, them. <laughs> you know, Vin is very, you know, smitten, very, very happy. And I can't blame you. Being in a Super Bowl <clears throat> is really great. Oh, God bless you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> the, the coffee came back. Um, you know, hearkening back to um, the time that the Giants were in the Super Bowl, when you made it there, it's such an elation. It's such a great so feeling. So exciting. But then, like, when the day comes, it's the most nerve-wracking Oh, you know, it's amazing because I remember when, when the 49ers played the Ravens in the Super Bowl, the two weeks leading up to it, you're just so anxious and antsy. And then the day of, 
You don't enjoy any of it. I enjoy, I'll tell you what. When the Giants won, right, and they went to the Super Bowl. Well, I didn't have that feeling of. No, no, no. When they went, when they oh, won okay, the championship okay. games, they went to the Super Bowl. I enjoy, I thoroughly enjoyed the well, time leading up. That was another game that I didn't enjoy very much. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I told my brother, my brother Dom is a big Eagles fan. Yeah. So the, the day of the Super Bowl, I text him in the morning and I said, enjoy this time. Because once the kickoff happens, it's just three hours of stress. It Every is. single play, you're on the edge of your seat, and you don't really enjoy it. The first Super Bowl, I was in Eric's basement just to just to get this out of the way because it's it, it's going to happen to you. Uh, the Tyree catch and all that stuff. Oh and God! At the end of the game, I was just sitting there and like I was just staring. Like I looked like Y.A. Tittle <laughs> after that in that picture, and everyone thought I was drunk. They're like, Dom, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just fucking exhausted. You were I was drunk with so, emotion. I was so drained. The only other time I was that physically and mentally drained was the other Super Bowl and when my daughter was born. <laughs> I'm dead serious. It's it's ama- it's it's really, it's really an amazing incredible what sports experience. what sports can do to people. Like how how it affects your psyche. Well, it's crazy because like I said, and and I I like to think of sports as uh like like the toy store of our life. You know, we get up, we go to work and then yeah. We we deal with bills and all this all this crazy shit. But when sports is here, it's like yeah. that's our release. That's our time to just sit back and not stress. And but we put stress in it anyway because that's that's what being a, yeah, a, a fan, a well, fanatic. a fanatic. Yeah. That's what it is. And it's a lot of fun. And now, so we have this is going to be a great matchup. I think. I think it's going to be a really good Super Bowl. You know, hang your hat on that. And um, right now, well, <laughs> I, I, would, I would personally <coughs> like Excuse to me. see a 49ers blowout, but. Well, so we have, uh, you know, we also do uh, sports betting. You know, we we originally were a sports betting um, yeah, organization that's what we that, that kind as. of um, fuddled out. But nonetheless, we're always going to give you the lines and the updates. So right now, the Chiefs are minus one and the Niners are plus one. Uh, the over under is uh, fifty three and a half. Uh, the money line here is the Chiefs are negative uh, one twenty and the Niners are plus a hundred. So, you know, this is going to be a close one. Well, I think. Uh... I think it's going to be a good one all the way down to the end. And I think there's some narratives in this game that people are painting that I think are, are just uh, not not very true. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll give you I'll give you my um, my picks for the lines and everything at the end of our show. But so like one narrative that I that I keep hearing is, you know, Dom, let's let's let me ask you a question yeah. right off the top of your head. Sure. Who has the better offense? The Chiefs. OK, so now. I know Mahomes missed some games this year. Okay. But not enough people, I don't think, are talking about the 49ers offense. They were second in the league in scoring. They scored a total of 479 points. Yeah. And they might have been third because I'll give the Chiefs. They scored 449, and they played, I think it was three games without Mahomes. But that 49ers offense, I don't think, is getting enough credit. I think they have weapons all over the field. They got a ton of speed. And I think, uh, I think they do have the weapons. To go up and down with the Chiefs, it's going to depend on Garoppolo. Yeah, but you know what? Hold on, before we before because we're going to do a we're going to do a positional uh, breakdown. We're going to do strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that. We're going to go through this. We're going to unravel it. And we're going to get a really close look on everything, real quick. We'll just do it right now because of what you said. Positional breakdown. We're talking quarterback. Quarterback is the is where the where you're going to get your points. Okay, right. Everyone knows that. And guess what? Those three games that Mahomes missed are huge because. I can name. I can say to you right now, who is the most likely quarterback 
to throw five touchdowns in a game. Yeah, would pick Mahomes. You would pick Mahomes. I mean, and so you're thinking that's 15 potential touchdowns that the guy missed. Well, he's an unbelievable okay? and that's quarterback. A ton of, yes, he's an unbelievable quarterback. So now, obviously, if we look at the quarterback position, Patrick Mahomes is obviously superior, right? Yeah, so I got to give, give it to the Chiefs. Now, here's a question that a lot of people around me, especially at work and stuff, were, were putting out there. Does the 49ers defense make... Mahomes a Garoppolo. Now that's not saying Jimmy G is terrible, but it, he is your average NFL well, he's quarterback. Inferior he's inferior to Mahomes. Yeah, he's obviously inferior to Mahomes. As most are. So now, does that? Do you think that the defense can get to Mahomes? Number one and number two, can they throw him off his game? And can something like what happened in Houston happen against the 49ers in the Super Bowl? Well, I saw a stat on Mahomes. I think it was uh, going at the beginning of last year. He's thrown 17 picks, I believe it was. 16 of them were against four-man rushes. And I think the 49ers' defensive line has the capability to wreck a game, but, you know, they have to show up. Yep. Bosa and D. Ford and, and all these guys and Buckner and Armstead, if they can get pressure with just Jesse four Armstead, guys... Yeah. I, uh, that's a name. <laughs> I think if the 49ers can get pressure with four guys on Mahomes, I think he could be in for a long day, but he's the type of player that he could use his legs too. You know, this isn't like the NFC Championship game where... You know, you close the pocket on Rodgers, and at this point in his career, he can't really escape anymore. Yeah, we saw, um, you know, with the ankle and everything, it was kind of proven that Holmes is okay, especially that touchdown run that he had. Uh, it was against Houston, wasn't it? Yeah, the 27-yard yeah, touchdown That was run. intense, especially the fact that he took those hits and, and still was able to drive it into the end zone. Um, I, I, think, uh, I think the 49ers defense has to make the Chiefs one-dimensional. And even though they are a great passing offense, if the 49ers could shut down the run with just the front seven and not having to bring the extra guy down in the box, I think they'll have a legitimate shot to, to maybe force a turnover or two. Well, so what we're going to do is we're going to go down the list here, and then we're going to try to go into game plan. So running back, what do you think? I got to give the edge to the 49ers in that category. Yeah. And uh, a lot of that goes into the offensive line because Mostert is a home run hitter. Breda could be a home run hitter. Tevin Coleman is on track to come back and play in the Super Bowl. And the 49ers offensive line is creating holes that most of it wasn't even touched by the Packers. I think it was like six or seven yards down the field. Oh, the Packers suck. The Packers defense isn't that bad. They got playmakers on the defensive line. The Packers suck. Blake Martinez is a good linebacker. I think you're reaching. But let me ask you this. If the Packers defense sucks, do you see the playmakers on Kansas City's defense that's that much better than the Packers? In, in well, the front seven I'm talking about. I, listen, I don't think this is going to be a battle of defenses. I think it's going to be a battle of offenses. And what, I'm, what I mean by that is I think that, okay, well, listen, we're going to go down the line here. I'm going to give we're the gonna, edge in running back to the 49ers in that category. Well, I mean, you could, I think it's a push. I think they, could, they, they both get it, okay. in my opinion, because, you know, you got, I mean, Mostert is a guy who, I mean, yeah, he's playing well right now, but he can come back down to earth at any second. There's a reason that he's never been on like a fucking football team. <laughs> okay. well, he's cut by six. Of them. I'm just saying <laughs> he could, of them. at any moment he could come crashing down, and that type of pressure right now can affect him and his psyche. And that also goes with being with a young coach and everything like that. Like I said, we're gonna you know have a roundabout about it. You know, um, what do we got in the uh, in Kansas City? Williams, right? Yeah, Damian Williams. I don't Damian even Williams. know how much they've used McCoy in the playoffs. I, I, they haven't really used him. I think Darwin Thompson is going to yeah. make a, make an appearance. I think he will. I think there's going to be some crazy looks. But now, moving on, wide receiver. Who do you give the edge to here? Oof. See, this is a tougher one than uh, 
than I think people are making it out to be. I'm going to give the, the edge to the Chiefs because yeah. Tyreek Hill is an unbelievable receiver. He Sammy can break Watkins. out in any second, and I think Watkins is going to be the difference Nicole maker. Nicole Hardman is another one that's yeah. a home run hitter. They're fast. But uh, I think uh, I think the 49ers receivers are decent. I, I, Debo Samuel has come on as a rookie. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders, I think, was a huge pickup for them. The, the frustrating one to me is Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. This is a guy that will go over a corner and make a great catch and then drop a pass that hits him in the chest with nobody around him. That was surprising to see. It's so frustrating, and it's I, been I, all season. And it's a shame Dante Pettis never uh, panned out. Yeah, I expected a big season for him. But on the Chiefs' side, there's just— I Is mean, there a faster wide receiver core than, uh, than the Chiefs? I don't think so. You mean, everyone—I think Sammy Watson's going to be the difference maker here. I think he's going to have some breakout plays. And you know that Tyreek Hill could turn it up in any oh, second. Tyreek Hill. The, the biggest thing for the Chiefs' receivers is after the catch, you got to get them on the ground. Yeah. You can't let these guys run and then get behind blockers, and yeah. there's just too much speed to let them run after the catch. I don't think that the 49ers defense is going to have a lot of uh, missed opportunities I mean, or missed tackles, so to speak. <clears throat> I think they're going to do well in that department. It's just—is that that noise again? Yeah. Okay. I just think that there's going to be— some really uh, crazy plays that you're going to – there's going to be some trick plays in there, some oh, jet yeah. sweeps, I, I, some crazy stuff like I'm that. I'm looking forward to that. Some fakes, you know. Defense, who do you got? Who are you going to give it to? Oh, that I got to go with the 49ers. I think I agree. I think their uh, their defensive line is superior. I yeah. think this – a, a big uh, storyline in this game, I think is it's kind of a revenge game for D. Ford. Yeah. Going to play the uh, Chiefs in the Super Bowl after they shipped him off. And I think uh, they have a good amount of veteran presence. Richard Sherman's been there. He knows how to handle the media down there in Miami in the Super Bowl. Uh, D. Ford's played in a ton of playoff games. Quan Alexander is another veteran. Because they do have a lot of young guys on this team that, in the, in the limelight, like in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. it, it could eat you up. Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. But I'm going to give the edge on defense to the 49ers. And that's not to say the Chiefs don't have playmakers because Tyron Matthew has been a huge player for them this year. Frank Clark has really come on. Yes. But uh, I'm going to give the edge in that category to the 49ers. I think I'm going to have to agree with you there, too. I think that they've been a more round uh, defense. And you got to hope that, um, you know, a loss here in the Super Bowl doesn't ruin uh, Nick Bosa or anything like that in terms of his psyche, right? And, and I, I think then he becomes a crackhead. With, the, with these players, I think, uh, you know, you get there. Yep. As a rookie, uh-huh. and you and you got to think, oh, this is going to be an every year thing. Yeah, that's something that you have to t- but keep it could, in mind. It could go away it, it, in the blink of an eye. You can never true. be there again. How Look nervous were Marino. you when uh, when uh, Bosa was down on the field? Oh. How how scared were you? It was such a range of emotions yeah. because he got the sack, and I'm flipping out. He died, and then he's down on the floor. And I'm like, oh my, our fucking season's over. That's yeah, one of that's our it. best players. And then he gets back up, and he's hyping up the crowd, and I'm like. I'm going nuts with them, and I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. I went from a high to a low to a high. <laughs> Where am I going? Uh, the last thing I have here is coach. So, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you got Shanahan against Reed. What do you think here in terms of who is going to be? This is a be? good one. I think that this – I've always said to a lot of people who, who talk sports and stuff like that, I think that not a lot of people give a lot of credit to the coaching staff and stuff like that. Who do you think is the superior coach and can get themselves out of a tough situation? Okay, so I know Shanahan has only been a head coach for two years now. Three years, I'm sorry. Andy Reid, I would say, has to be, and if you could think of a different one, you let me know. He's got to be the greatest coach ever to not win at this point in his career. True. But I think it's pretty even. I'm going to go with even because both of these guys, they have a ton of trick plays up their sleeve, like you said. I expect a lot of motions 
And I think Andy Reid has been there. He's been in the big game. He's lost a lot of them. But Shanahan also takes a lot of heat for that 28-3 to Falcons blown lead in the Super Bowl. That was bad. And he's been there before. And the thing I like what he's done this year in the playoffs is he hasn't gone away from what worked. Garoppolo only threw the ball eight times against the Packers. And and why throw the ball more True. when you're running the ball like that? And I think he's learned from that Super Bowl, Yeah, which I think is a big thing. But Andy Reid, he's got a ton of experience. Yeah, the guy's been in, in football for all and, of and our lives. He's got a lot of weapons. Beyond. He's a great coach. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this an even battle because I can't give a ton of praise to Andy Reid without going the other way and giving him neg- negativity for – all the big losses he's had. Yeah, that's true. I mean, listen, you, you ever see that clip of him when he was like in the, he was in like the Pop Warner like jersey. Yeah, and the he threw, punt and pass. He threw, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he looked so funny in that. Now I left out one thing because I wanted to save it for the last because these are the two of the biggest names. I mean, quarterback, whatever, running back, running wide receiver. You you know each side has their stars, but the highlight here I think is the tight end position. You got Kittle and. Kelsey. That's a, that's a great one. That is such a great matchup. Who I think, do uh, you have? See, this matchup, and I'm, I'm I also think about... that, I, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I do think that this is going to be the difference maker, too. I think so, too. Whoever's tight end shows up to play is going to uh, make the difference here in the game. So, And, and obviously, you're going to go with Kittle. Well, see, this is, this is a debate I've been having all season yeah. because I think these two guys, and I'm not just talking about in this game, in the whole NFL, <laughs> whichever way you want to put them, I think they're 1A. At one and one A, yeah. they're, they're so interchangeable. They're both game breakers. They, uh, they they have the ability to change the game at any point on any drive. Kittle is a great blocker. Yeah, when he came out of Iowa, he didn't catch as many passes in college because that was a run heavy offense. Yes, but I mean Kelsey's just he he's like a. a He's unstoppable. A poor man's Gronk. Yeah, if that makes I, sense. I think that's an actually a very good uh, description. He's he's a beast, and I, but I, one thing I'll give the edge to Kittle on is I think he's better after the catch. Yeah, he's. A, I think he's a little bit faster, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But but this is a great matchup, and like I said, it, it's it's one one a. I'm gonna take Kittle just because I'm gonna. Yeah, obviously. I'm gonna go with my heart as a 49ers fan, yeah. but that's not to take anything away from Kelsey. I can easily see Kelsey having a monster game. Yeah, I'm giving it a push, obviously, because I think that these two guys. I think guys, that's fair. I mean, they're just absolute all stars. They're they're masters at their position, and they could break out just like. And now I said that I said this before, and I think this is going to be the difference maker in this Super Bowl is going to be the breakout potential. I think that yes, you got a a bunch of players on the 49ers on the offense that are good that can that can show up and do well, but if you look at the the breakout potential of the players, the Chiefs have Mahomes. Who can bring it and go oh, to another yeah. and bring it to another level? Okay, um, Tyreek Hill can bring it to another level and to, to some extent. So can Sammy Watkins as well as Travis Kelsey. So it's it's just you you when you look at it like that in terms of like where people can shine and take it to the next level. I think that's where the uh, where the Chiefs shine. That that could be the difference maker. One guy if they have to bring it and they do bring it. One guy on the 49ers, if they have to throw the ball a ton. I would look to have a big game is Debo Samuel. Yeah. Uh Garoppolo, he he's really uh he's really created a chemistry with Debo as a rookie and yeah. and that's another kid who's a monster after But the catch. hasn't Debo in some games really disappeared though? Yeah, but in the playoffs, see uh, I think last week Garoppolo only completed six passes 
and I want to say Debo had three catches. Yeah. So he he's looked towards him. But again, this is a guy who who has not doesn't have a lot of snaps yeah. in the NFL under his belt. Nope. So that's an that. But then again, you have Richard Sherman out there that might neutralize someone in a way that Debo Samuel's might be silent. Right. That's what makes this Super Bowl, I think, so good. And if you look at let's look at the strengths and the weaknesses of each team here. So. I was talking about the breakout potential of the Chiefs. What do you think are the ultimate strengths of the 49ers uh, going into this matchup? Oh, it's in it's in the trenches. Yeah. It's offensive and defensive line and when when John Lynch took over the 49ers, the first thing he said was he wanted to build a championship defensive line. Yeah. And I think he's done that to this point. Obviously, they won the uh, the NFC championship, so they are yeah. a championship team. They they uh, they have to run the ball. They their offensive line has been pushing people around lately, mm-hmm. and they finally have Staley and McGlinchey 100% healthy, which is big for them. You know, they went through a drought in the middle of the season there, where but they were missing McGlinchey and Staley, yeah. and that was big for them. But I think for them to win, they're going to have to, basically, to use an old saying, they're going to have to impose their will. Yeah, you're going to have to try to neutralize that, that offense, that high-octane offense that you said. One thing I think... Uh, when I was watching last week the Chiefs and Titans, the Titans, I think, w- against the 49ers would have been, it would have been a smash-mouth game. Yeah. The the 49ers, I think, have a chance to just out-physical the Chiefs. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping for in that in that sense. And what, do you, what would you say are the weaknesses uh, of the uh, 49ers going into this matchup? If I had to pick a weakness, I'd say it's the secondary, which doesn't sound like it bodes well for them. Yeah. But... Their secondary has a chance to create t- turnovers. Uh, I say it's their weakness because their front seven has been so good mm-hmm. that you got to give something a weakness. What and about the Chiefs? What do you think that uh, the Chiefs' weakness is going to be going into this matchup here? I think the the 49ers have a chance to make the Chiefs, which I think could hurt the Chiefs, very one-dimensional. Okay. If the Chiefs cannot run the ball and they have to pass, I think it could hurt them because much like the Texans and the Titans, they both went up double digits on the Chiefs. If this happens to them in this game, this is a defense that could really pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. And I think the Chiefs are going to have to run the ball a little bit to have success in this game. You can't just go out there and throw the ball 55 times in a Super Bowl game just because you can. You have to run the ball a little bit. I, I, I understand that, but again, this is Patrick Mahomes. This is where his legacy can begin, you know. I mean, obviously yeah. the guy has been an absolute <clears throat> staple so, in the NFL. It's so hard to, as, as a 49ers fan, it's so hard to dislike him. So, you know, like when, when you watch the Giants in the Super Bowl, yeah. you look at the Patriots and you would say, oh, I can't stand this guy. I can't. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Mahomes is like the most likable guy yeah, he's, in the he's, world. He's really an unbelievable talent. He's something special to look his at. His father was a Met. Yeah, his father was a Met. They That's always a show the picture of him wearing the Mets jersey, and it's like, yeah. oh, I hate Mahomes. And then they show the picture, and I'm like, oh, well. Well, you can't really hate him. You can't, for me, uh, you know, <clears throat> the Chiefs in general is a team that I obviously have no animosity for whatsoever, but they're also a team that you could really enjoy watching play. Absolutely. And so as just a general football fan, this is actually one of the, I mean, one of the Super Bowls that I'm actually really, really excited to see. Because I do think it's going to be very good. I think that uh, the matchup is just going to be just, it's just perfect, in my opinion. These are two very well put together teams. Yeah, just all across the board, even even on special teams, these teams have a chance to to ruin a game. You have the legacy of Andy Reid and the and the amount of experience and coaching and, and in football, his brain 
is a football shaped brain. They actually yeah. did a, a, a <laughs> scan cats, of it, yeah. you know, and you have this young coach. This is something that I really like, especially in the terms of the dynamics of the NFL. The NFL seems to be making this shift towards younger coaches with a new idea and a new look on the NFL. And then you have Andy Reid as a part of that old school yeah. NFL mentality. And it's like, can the old school defeat the new school and vice versa? And I think that is a dynamic part of this Super Bowl that a lot of people aren't talking about that I think is going to be really, really interesting to see. I think uh, Andy Reid, man. He th- deserves th- one. If, if everyone, he really is, does. You know? I just hope it's not this year. Yeah, he's 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 been such a great coach for so long, and it seems like no matter what team he's been on, whether it's the Eagles or the Chiefs, he's always had a top offense. Yeah, but, I mean he's a brilliant coach. But for some reason, they always seem to disappear in the big game. That that's something that we have to see here. Because has he figured it out? Is he going to be able to solve that problem? And then and it's unfortunate that it might be against your team. Yeah. It God, might be against not. the team. That, yeah, I know. But, it, but it's, this it's, is it's, such a great it, – it, it's really like a great chess match. Andy Reid against is, yeah. Rob, Rob Salah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's going to be, I think, a great matchup. I think it's going to be, like you said, a chess match. And I think it's going to – I think it's going to be, you know, real – not slow at first, but it's going to be a back and forth at first, not a very high-scoring game at first. And then I think it's going to just really tear apart and open up. But we're going to get to the predictions after a little bit of a fun fact here that you, uh, <laughs> that you came up here. So what did Shanahan uh, do after the game, um, after the championship, to celebrate? So Kyle Shanahan, after they beat the Packers, he, he was saying that he uh, – he he had party with his family at a, yeah. at a uh, family house. I'm not sure who's, but they were drinking and celebrating and partying throughout the night. It's wonderful. It's you know that's something that should be celebrated. Of course. And it's it's nice to hear that a young coach, uh, you know, celebrates with the family yeah. and has a good time when when times like this happen. Of course. And now, what did Andy Reid do? He ate a cheeseburger and went to bed. That is the difference maker. I'm circling <laughs> it on the notepad here. If that's not Andy Reid in a nutshell. I loved I don't it. Know yeah. what it is. Do you ever see the clip of when he was in Philly, LaShawn McCoy punching him in the stomach because yes. he was so excited? <laughs> he just just jammed in him the in slow the gut. Motion. You know, it's so funny because a lot of a lot of football and a lot of sports, I think, it's like you know you you crunch the numbers, you you look at the players, and and then like you get like the emotion of it, right? The feeling, like you feel like Andy Reid is going to win. Like you I, I know that like this is gonna piss no, you know, off a little bit. I know what you're saying. But you know what I mean? Like it you feel like he's due, which yeah. is not anything in sports. It's it's your, your like a rabbit's foot or like yeah. a, you know a lucky it's number just, seven. It's, it's a cliche. You feel like he's due, but on the other end of it, the guy can't win. And then it's just like, okay, it's gonna be business as usual. He's not gonna win and then the Niners are gonna win the Super Bowl. It's it's funny because I heard uh so now you know obviously Andy Reid is the old school guy and yeah. I heard somebody say about Shanahan this week. He looks on the sideline like one of these kids who grew up and was like, "Oh, look, my dad bought me a Tesla, and I can do whatever I want." And <laughs> yeah. all this. And he does kind of look like a like a rich kid and all that stuff. That's but, what they, yeah, that's what yeah. the comparison they were making. So, uh, just to wrap things up here, we have it just to just to give you a little rundown here. Obviously, the Chiefs have the advantage in the quarterback. Uh, it's a push for running back. I said, you said Niners. Wide receivers obviously go to the Chiefs. Defense goes to the Niners. You said uh, we we kind of agreed that the coaching is going to be a push because it's the new school versus the old school. Can this new mentality beat the old mentality in the NFL? And let, and then it also shows if Andy Reid can adapt. And and that coaching the the push is not just for me, Andy Reid versus Shanahan. 
a big name that that came up this year was Rob Salah. I yeah. think he's a, he's a great coach, and I think he's got that defense playing at a high level. So that was another reason. Do you think I, he's going to leave the, the Niners after uh, after this? And well, all all the vacancies are filled. All right? the vacancies are filled now, so he'll definitely be back next year. Yeah, but he he's going to be gone eventually. I wonder if he's anyone did anyone interview him. Name. No, they didn't even have a chance. Yeah, that's true. So um, here we have now the final the predictions here, real quick. Before we get to the predictions, I want to thank everyone for listening. Of course, Vin, this yes, has been great. It's absolutely. been really fun. I want to try to do this every week or every two weeks or whatever just to get a podcast out there to talk about sports and stuff that's happened and stuff that's coming up. And this will be it will be posted on the group page on Facebook. So uh yeah. after after we post it, guys, let's let's uh Join the conversation. Yeah, join so, the know, conversation. Tell, tell us we what love you hearing feel. from you guys. Yeah, it's always the best part. If we didn't have you guys, we wouldn't have a group. We wouldn't be able to do the podcast. Yeah. Let's uh let's see how big we can make this grow together. Yeah. Also, yeah, tell your friends, get the word out there, put that link around. It's Hot Ham Sports, Hot Ham Sports Group. You gotta ask to get in and we're gonna let you in. You have a great time and uh you can join the uh, conversation. So now on to the predictions. Vin, what do you have for the final score of the game? All right. I got a close one. I think the 49ers cover the spread. Okay. I'm actually picking them to win outright 34 to 27. And I think that defense is going to be left on the field. And I think they're going to make the stop they have to to win the Super Bowl. I didn't know you were going to go into that detail. I, I, I have it. <laughs> I have it 44 21 Chiefs. I think that they are. They're going to struggle a little bit to get it going, and then they're going to absolutely blow them out. I think they're going to figure out that defense. I know defense wins championships, but you're dealing with an offense here that is just unprecedented in terms of the talent that's on that field. I mean, so you got the over too. I got the over. I got the over here. I mean, I think the breakout potential of the Chiefs is just something that uh, can't be figured out. All right, guys. So that's it. This is it for the Hot Ham Sports uh, Podcast, Episode 1, Super Bowl Prediction Fun Time Party. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. And make sure to share this with all your friends and give us a five-star rating on the podcast networks. and uh, Sorry about the trail off there, everybody.